Melissa Coombs got a bachelor's degree in marketing back in 2004, but life after college wasn't what she imagined. I could not find a job. Um, the jobs that I were finding were sales jobs, like cold calling door to door, and it really wasn't what I wanted. Um, I needed something that was a little more stable. But she had college loans and other bills to pay, so she had to take what she could find. I actually ended up working at a gas station and uh, realized that after about eight months of doing that and still not finding anything, that I needed to do something. Luckily, she had gone to a college in Maine with a guaranteed jobs program. They guarantee that students will find a job in their field, making a livable income. If not, the school will help pay back student loans or offer free coursework towards a master's degree. Melissa took the free master's courses, earned her MBA, and is working as a marketing specialist for a restaurant publication in Maine. She says the college's guarantee worked for her. Some people were able to just find a job and and start and get going, and I just, I wasn't. Um, and if I was to do it again, I would probably do the same thing. Paying for college is a huge investment. For people taking out student loans at 18 and 20 years old, it's likely the most money they've ever borrowed. It comes with no guarantee of a job or a big future income. Very few people spend as much money on almost anything else they do in life as they spend on a college education, and yet there is very little accountability. That's John Marcus. The higher education editor at the Heckinger Report. He recently wrote about colleges that are beginning to offer so-called money-back guarantees to students who can't find work after they've graduated. John says that if college is framed as an investment and the return is supposed to be a good job and a salary, betting on college is not actually as safe as it may seem. It's actually a real gamble. When you look at national averages, the success rates are, are extremely low. More than 40 percent of students still haven't graduated within six years of starting toward a degree, although 89 percent of them think they will. So they're not necessarily getting what they think they were going to get. And there's no real way to hold an institution accountable for that. On this episode of the podcast, we're talking about college degrees and job guarantees. A good career or your money back. From APM Reports, this is Educate, a podcast in collaboration with The Heckinger Report. I'm Stephen Smith. John Marcus says it's ultimately taxpayers who are left on the hook when people default on their student loans. Today, the amount of debt students have defaulted on is estimated to be at least $99 billion. John says there's increasing pressure on colleges to take at least some responsibility for that debt. So there's a bipartisan push in Congress to require that universities have what they like to call some skin in the game. That is that they have a stake in whether or not, in this case in particular, their students repay student loans. If colleges have skin in the game, and Senator Reid of Rhode Island and I and others have suggested that we should seriously explore this, this could provide an incentive to colleges to keep costs down and to students to borrow no more than they can pay back. Republican Senator Lamar Alexander of Tennessee is proposing an amendment to the Higher Education Act of 1965 that would punish schools that have large numbers of students defaulting on loan payments. Uh, what does he want to have happen to these schools, and why is he so adamant that they take responsibility for student loans? It's, a, it's an interesting coalition of people on both sides of the aisle, from Lamar Alexander on the one hand, who's a Republican, to Elizabeth Warren, a Democrat. This would require that universities and colleges take a greater stake in their student success by um, 
forcing them to reimburse a share of the loans that their future students can't repay. The theory behind that is that if the universities have a stake in their student success, they'll take much more seriously whether students do in fact graduate and get jobs. Uh, that's their proposal. Education organizations, higher education lobbies in, have responded that this idea would only further increase costs, that it would penalize all students and all institutions uh, because of the behavior of a few bad actors. Uh, and they also suggest that if a university is held to uh, financially responsible for failed students, they would be much less likely to accept students who might be the most at risk, uh, who might not, in fact, ultimately graduate. They might only accept students who are safe uh, and who would likely graduate, meaning that the people who would be left out would likely be low-income, often uh, first-generation and ethnic racial minority students from urban high schools that often... Uh, provide them with very poor preparation. What were the first schools to offer money-back guarantees? Uh, the first to really do this on a, at a significant level were these uh, coding boot camps that teach you uh, software coding and computer programming. Very, very popular, uh, very short periods of study, very expensive. And in order to attract students, they have uh, offered money-back guarantees. You will get a job in your chosen field within six months. Uh, typically, you don't get your money back, but they would retrain you or they would put you through the program again until you do get a job. Some private universities and colleges have uh, responded to this by offering their own guarantees. Now, critics of these guarantees have said that um, they're really very, if you look at the fine print, they're really more about public relations than anything else because they apply only to students that, in many cases, who take very specific um programs who major in things like at one particular university that offers a guarantee, you have to major in uh, three ma three particular disciplines. One of them is cybersecurity, which is a very high demand field right now. It's really hard to not get a job in that field. So in the end, it's unlikely that the universities or colleges would ever have to um, uh, provide these guarantees. Most of them are so new that we don't yet know whether how many students would actually receive them. Uh, many of the uh, campuses of the State University of New York system say that if you don't graduate in four years for the bachelor's degree, you can continue until you earn enough credits for a bachelor's degree for free. Uh, again, that hasn't really been around long enough for us to know whether anyone will take advantage of it. Um, there are also a lot of restrictions. There are a lot of qualifications. You have to take a certain number of credits per semester, which is hard for students who, for example, might work part-time. You have to uh, maintain a particular grade point average. And um, in the end, even if your tuition might be free, you're paying for the cost of living and you are foregoing any income that you might have expected to receive after graduating. So it's really not that great of a deal for the students. You went to Thomas College in Waterville, Maine, to report on their guaranteed jobs program. What did you discover there? So a uh, very interesting phenomenon that's happened at universities and colleges, which, uh, as you and I have discussed in the past, when you cover higher education, you spend a lot of time kind of slapping your forehead and wondering what people are thinking. Most students presumably go to college because they uh, want to get a good job, ultimately. Uh, and yet universities and colleges, since the 
uh, economic downturn that began in 2008, have reduced their spending on career services, something that a lot of students and their parents might be surprised to learn. Thomas College, a small liberal arts college in central Maine. For a long period of time, we were known as a business college, and we certainly have evolved since then into uh, offering more um, practical liberal arts uh, programs in psychology, criminal justice. But we're really known for one of our programs, uh, specifically the Guaranteed Job Program. My name is Corey Pelletier. I'm the Director of Career Services here at Thomas College. They've created a guarantee that if you don't get a job within a certain period of time, much like at these other institutions, you can go back and uh, retake courses, retake programs until uh, you do get a job. Uh, Once again, that means you're giving up your time, which has value, although you're not paying your tuition, you're paying room and board, and you're foregoing any income that you might have earned um, had you gotten a job right after graduation. Sure. If a student uh, does not find a job within six months after graduation, uh, there's a couple of different things that can happen. Uh, They can either have up to a year of their federally subsidized student loans paid back, uh, or they can come back and um, take advantage of an educational benefit towards their master's program. There's also an additional benefit, which includes if they do find a job after graduation, but it's not within their field and it's not something they're happy with, uh, they can come back for additional educational benefits, whether it be uh, a different undergraduate program or a master's program. Of course, there are some strings attached. There is uh, some things that students need to do. Uh, There's a GPA requirement that students need to um, take advantage of, and that's a 3.0 that they need to complete. They need to complete community service hours throughout their time here at Thomas. Uh, They need to complete an internship. Uh, They need to demonstrate leadership through um, attendance at leadership workshops. Uh, They also need to... um, Uh, Come and see us in career services uh, and make a relationship with us and uh, take advantage of our services. I know it sounds like a lot, uh, but really things that uh, college students should be doing anyway. How do the placement rates at Thomas and other such guarantee schools compare to typical college placement rates? That's a great and really important question. Their placement rates are pretty good. We've been um, anywhere from um, in the low 90s to I think last year was 98% uh, of students that had found a job after graduation. Thomas educates a lot of people in very specific areas where there's high demand. When you see these institutions that are offering guarantees, uh, they tend to be doing it because they know they don't stand much risk. Uh, So they have pretty good placement rates. So institutions such as Thomas College have attracted more students uh, to to their programs because of this guarantee. There's another argument here, too, though, isn't there, that college is about more than just getting a job? There are those people who say that... The system is becoming too consumer-oriented and is not paying enough attention to making good citizens and that kind of thing. That's absolutely true. And so it's important to separate these guarantees. Uh, Some of these guarantees are you will get a job. You will get a job in your field within a certain period of time, or you will pass your licensing exam for which we trained you. Um, And so I I think that uh, some of the guarantees are for, yes, you'll get a job. Some of these guarantees are, yeah, you'll graduate. Um, And those are two very different things. And so whether or not you graduate from a liberal arts college um, is, I think, a reasonable thing to to, to expect if you're paying the money and you're getting a decent grade and you're taking a certain number of uh, credits per semester. Um, Whether or not you get a job ultimately, yeah, I think an argument can be made that that's, uh, that's a really vocational way of looking at a higher education.
Still, John Marcus believes there's good reason for colleges to have some stake in student debt. If you were a private business and more than 40% of your customers didn't get what they paid for within six years of, of, as as is the case in colleges and universities, six years after starting, uh, you'd be out of business. But colleges and universities just continue to do business this way, I think a, a guarantee and a requirement that they have some stake in the process would potentially be an improvement, yes. We've been talking with John Marcus from The Heckinger Report. We'll have a link to his piece on colleges and money-back guarantees on our website, educatepodcast.org. That's it for this podcast. We'd really like to hear your thoughts and feedback and how this podcast made you think differently about college coming with the guarantee of a job. So let us know. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Educate Podcast, or you can send us a note to contact at apmreports.org. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about how schools can raise expectations and help students with disabilities to plan for higher education and future jobs. Alex Baumhart and Chris Julin produce the podcast. Catherine Winter is our editor, and Emily Hanford is our senior producer. We partner with The Heckinger Report, a nonprofit independent news organization focused on inequality and innovation in education. Support for APM Reports comes from Lumina Foundation and the Spencer Foundation. And one more thing, there's a new podcast with a story that might interest you. Before the 1960s, colleges routinely used gender quotas to suppress the number of women on campus. Some colleges outright excluded women entirely. You might be surprised about how things changed. Today, a new moon is in the sky, a 23-inch metal sphere placed in orbit by a Russian rocket. The Soviet launch of Sputnik in 1957 also launched a law that would end up opening the door to college for millions of American women. That story is on the latest episode of the Ways and Means podcast. It's out of Duke University's Sanford School of Public Policy and is hosted by our own Emily Hanford. That's Ways, Ampersand, Means. Look for it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM.